0: Everybody, Welcome to the Universal Dialog Show. I'm your host, Chris Cypher777 Cabrera, and I have an awesome guest today. Uh, He's known as the Alien Hunter. Uh, Let me go through his dossier real quick. He's a private investigator, author, CEO at Sabre Enterprises, registered hypnotic anesthesia therapist. He's been on countless TV shows, documentaries, radio shows and podcasts. As I said before, he's known as the Alien Hunter. Welcome, Daryl Sims. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing fine. Glad to be here tonight.
0: Thank you so much. Uh as I was saying before before I hit record, you're a legend. Anybody that's into the, any sort of paranormal topics, for sure no know, no know, knows who you are. Uh you've done incredible work. Um you're on tons of documentaries and shows and you're you're a very captivating character. Um you know your your plight is 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 uh, is just because of you know we'll get into why you're doing what you're doing. Um, so I, again, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: All right, sir. So let's let's start off. Uh, I know there's gonna be most people that watch the show that know who you are, but there's gonna be some that don't know your background. So if you if you can, don't spare any details. Uh, give us uh, your background. Uh, you know where you were born and raised. Um, and what led you on this path, sir?
1: Well, I was, uh, <clears throat> born in, uh, Texas, naturally. There's only two kinds of people in the universe. Those that are born in Texas and those who wish they were.
0: <laughs> I'm one of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I teach everybody about us only having, uh, 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 49 counties in Texas. 49 there's over a hundred. I said, no, there's 49 Hawaii, New York. New Jersey. Right. Mississippi. <laughs> anyway, we laugh. We, we joke about that all the time. But uh, I actually am a uh, my background from uh, an investigative point of view is I'm a licensed private investigator in the state of Texas. Before that, I was a, a senior military police officer. I volunteered during the Vietnam War. I was sheep dipped or that means picked up by the by another agency and placed in their agency. That's how that works. Uh, I was taken out of the military and placed in the Central Intelligence Agency for two years. And uh, I spent two years there in covert operations, learning uh, some of the things about the trade craft and other things Then providing uh, the services I was required to by the uh, CIA. Then uh, I later was uh, stationed in ASCOM Korea, and uh, it was it resumed my military police duties there as a senior military police uh, officer in, in, involved in the uh, unofficial war with uh, North Korea, actually. Right. And uh, anyway, long story short, they sent uh, 50 assassins down to kill the president of South Korea while I was there. And that's the second time they've done it, actually. Right. And uh, anyway, 40... Uh, 46 of them got killed, uh, three, three got away. And, uh, one of them jumped out of a two story building and <laughs> wow. for, uh, as a POW for some time and a few days later, they came in, in Sean and tried to, to retrieve him. It was amazing to me. Their Intel was much better than ours. They knew exactly where he was at. and Nobody knew, but two people, me, wow. and the person who ordered me to keep him. And right. They knew exactly where he was at and they were killing people all the way up there. So anyway, uh, that's, so that's uh, from a military background and from private investigations, I've done everything from uh, corporate crimes, uh, prosecuted uh, corporate crimes with the Harris County uh, uh, DA's office. Uh, I've also done bounty hunting and uh, done a lot of background checks on people and uh, helping them out doing, getting really helping people, especially, Uh, I I just can't believe people. especially women these days, dating guys, they have no business with not checking them out. Don't know who they are, they find right. them on the internet. That's all okay, that's, that's a serious mistake. But anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Um, that's my generic background in investigations.
0: Now, can I, can I ask you a quick question? Certainly. So when you were in Korea, um, was Kim Jong Il's father in charge? Because I know his oh, father sure. was in charge.
1: His father okay. was in charge and uh a very very cruel man very, yes these people are uh cruel beyond understanding that's i i can tell stories that i won't, won't do that it's just cruel very cruel people
0: one, one 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 quick thing what was the worst thing that you you witnessed when you were out there
1: uh from the north koreans yes oh the the, the fact that they basically when they send down the assassins you you, you get to volunteer to do that right uh, but the problem is if you fail in any way or get captured your family is going to suffer the repercussions
0: oh wow so
1: anything you think you're going to tell us or anyone else your family is going to pay the price i can assure you right
0: so you so, you, uh, you got you got to succeed or nothing
1: you better or yeah. or die because that's just the way it is so uh, that was uh, pretty pretty horrific. Uh, I was uh, guarding North Korean prisoner that night. He was a North Korean major. He jumped out of a three-story building and crushed his knees trying to escape. And of course, military intelligence wanted to pick him up, but we had to keep him hidden uh, so the North Koreans couldn't find him. Well, but the problem is it, it was obvious to me based on the attacks and the intel I was getting on where they were at and where they were coming. They were coming exactly where I had him guarded, which is uh, in a vacant building near the one two one hospital.
0: Right. So they had intel, huh?
1: They knew ex- they knew exactly where he was at, and they were coming to get him. Uh, they would like take him alive, but if not, uh, that they were going to kill him for sure. And of course, me and anybody connected, if there was anybody.
0: Wow. That I mean, that I don't understand how how they would do something like that and put you in jeopardy for doing your job.
1: That's. <laughs> That's- That's the way it works. That's the way it works. You you, you sign up, that's it. It's the way it is.
0: Okay, so while you were military or private investigator or any of these other jobs that you've had, have you had any experiences like seeing craft possibly out there in Korea or wherever you were stationed at, other places?
1: I uh, was an investigator. I may go back to the beginning for your audience so it'll kind of tie a big bow around this whole thing. Yes, sir. Uh, I uh, experienced my first uh, contact experiences, of abduction, uh, at age four, in, in Midland, Texas. And uh, long story short, there I've, I've told the story many times before without bearing it at all over the last thirty years. But the point is that uh, what people should pay attention to, in my view is not the fact that I got abducted, okay, that big deal that happens to a lot of people. The question that people should be looking at and asking questions about is what made your abduction so different? What, what changed you from just an abductee to knowing things about the alien that you didn't know before? How did you learn to do that? And two, what ultimately changed you from a, an abductee to an alien hunter, to someone that actually hunts these guys and stood as a victim of that experience. So the answer to that question, first of all, is as a as a four-year-old child, uh, back in 1952, nobody knew anything about aliens or anything about that sort of thing. It's never discussed because there simply weren't any. No one ever brought it up. If you had an experience, you certainly never told anybody. So at age four, I, uh, I realized, uh, and this is part of the the rationale I'm trying to get across to your audience. It's very, very important to, to know this. Uh, I, I <clears throat> When you're taking in these events, you're switched off often. And that means simply that you don't remember or you don't know what's going on. For some bizarre reason, I switched on. And I realized somebody's in my room, they shouldn't be here. And I'm set up in bed completely unafraid, unparalyzed on anything. And I noticed this little skinny little guy with a large bulbous head walking toward the wall. And I think he's going to bump into the wall. So I said to myself, he's going to, who is this guy? What's he doing here? It's cold. It's freezing. It's wintertime. Where's his clothes? And I'm thinking that in my head. And apparently he could hear what I was thinking because he turned around immediately and he had uh, big round eyes. They were perfectly round, not not the uh, Hollywood version,
0: right? The eye, the the whatever, the eye, the raindrops sh- look shape, exactly. right? It wasn't that.
1: It didn't have any of that. Okay, and uh, so uh, again, people should ask the question: Why did? Why was his different than you than other people's? Well, they changed models. I mean, basically, I, I, I the one I was working with was uh, the best way to describe it is a, is a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally the the lowest end of the ford product so to speak of cars and then the highest end of it or or, or even a, a chevy Shabbat was him and the the newer models were the like more like Gorbet stingray uh these beings are different than you imagine they're not aliens from other planets uh come here to do whatever it if you i've studied this well over 50 years so i am the things I'm gonna tell you tonight is uh, I'm not a parrot. I'm not here to parrot things over and over and over that you've heard a thousand times. I intend to tell you some things that you haven't heard. And if your questions are from you or your audience are succinct and pointed, then uh, we'll be able to have even a lot more fun. But the bottom line is that he heard me and heard me thinking and turned around and he heard that. I was amazed that he could do that because I didn't say anything. I was just saying it in my head, and then I heard him speak in my head, which was really weird. Never heard someone else's voice in my head before. And he said, "It's awake." Man. And I realized at that point. He's talking about me because there's no one else in that room. But I can't figure out how he did that without moving his lips. And the voice was not audible. It was in my head. It was voice head to skull to skull communication, so to speak. Did so he have lips. A uh, little tiny slip for lip, his lips never moved, never. Okay. Little tiny holes for a nose, little tiny holes for an ear, nothing more. It, none of it made any sense to me. And I couldn't figure out who he was or what he was doing in my room. I didn't realize he just brought me back through the wall from an event and is leaving me off and I'm not supposed to wake up or remember. Right. The important thing about the whole story from my viewpoint is I did quote unquote, wake up. I didn't wake up. I switched on. And that's there's an important difference between waking up and switching on the switch on is whenever you literally are are you, you, you become, you were, you were conscious. Now they place you into an uncut bed and hope that you'll be stay asleep. All of a sudden, for some bizarre reason, I switch on. Now he realizes he's got a problem. I'm remembering and I shouldn't be remembering anything. So he's got to fix the problem. When he turned to me, the very first thing I noticed, and this is extremely important for your audience, uh, while I looked at him, uh, kids look at look at things differently than adults. If you if you thought an alien from another world would confronted you as an adult, you'd probably say, "Nano, nano, or peace, or whatever whatever term you would want to use" in as an adult. Uh, and four-year-old kids don't do that. When the guy turned around, I looked at him, he didn't have any clothes on. Well, my eyes went from his big brown eyes down to his crotch, and I noticed he didn't have a TT. Now that's really significant. Where is his genitalia? As a little kid, I have one, but he can't he doesn't have anything. Right. And so I can't figure this out. And then I realized as I look higher up that he doesn't have a belly button. Wow. Well, it took me years to figure that out, questioning my own event. If you don't have a belly button or a navel, you weren't born. You didn't get here the way we did. Right. That's a huge hint. Second thing is if you don't have genitalia, you don't procreate. Then where do you get little ones from? Where do you get others? How did you get here? These are huge questions that people ought to be asking before they even say, well, they're from Zeta Reticula. They're from another planet. You don't know where they're from.
0: I agree. You're right. And
1: just the looks of the guy tells me that there's a serious problem about where he may be from or what the story is even about from an investigative point of view. That's crazy. <laughs> well, the next thing that, uh, that happened after that is uh, he uh, started to move toward me. And it was at that point, and he did this by a transfer, what, I, in my opinion, is a technique of transfer. He transferred, you ready for this? His fear to me.
0: He projected his fear to you?
1: Exactly. I did. Most people that have gone through this and they said, I had a fear that came over me I never, I never experienced before. That's exactly correct because it's not your fear it's theirs they live in a society that we don't even begin to understand and what we try to do as human beings it's natural we start applying all these ideas of well they have to be this or they have to be that because we do that so therefore they're doing that that's just not true they use that to try to keep keep you hoodwinked because you keep using human elements and human descriptions to apply to them that may or may right. not be true. So that's that's a, a huge point. So at that moment, I had a fear that uh, hit me and it is like paralysis. And I mean, I was scared. I'd never ever experienced any fear like that at all. And it wasn't any fear I'd ever known because it wasn't any fear I'd ever known, it was his. He moved it to, from himself to me. When they do that, it's like a drug to them because they, for the first time, get a piece. Mm. they're in peace and you're the one in fear
0: oh so that's a tactic
1: yeah it's a it's a good control mechanism but the point is it's not your fear that's the whole point somebody says well you're just afraid because they're aliens from other worlds no it wasn't it at all i'm sitting there trying to figure him out trying to figure out where's his coat where's his clothes it's the middle of winter it's freezing in my room and he hadn't even got clothes on how did he get in the house to begin with i mean Real simple little questions, so even a four-year-old would ask, I can't get an answer for. So the bottom line is, as I the fear hit me and he started moving toward me, I fell back on my little bed and pushed so hard against the wall, the bed spread out in a kind of a V formation like that, and as it did, my little uh, head fell, I fell on the floor, bounced my head off the floor, my legs are still up on the little tiny bed. And at that point, uh, it was a kid's worst nightmare. He couldn't get to me that way. So he lifted up the covers of my bed and looked underneath it. It's like a kid's nightmare. You're hiding on the bed and then whatever it is that's out there, sticks his big head underneath the bed and sticks his big black eyes right next to my eye. And he Some people use the term, well, he shapeshifted. No, he did not shapeshift. I know the difference between the two. He tried to affect my consciousness of what I thought I was looking at. He didn't physically change into anything. He tried to make me accept a hallucination that he was a clown. Many abductees have clown phobias, and they have no idea where it came from.
0: Yeah, That's
1: I line came from in nineteen fifty
0: two. Yeah, I have a story similar to, to yours about seeing something that I didn't believe that I was looking at.
1: Well the idea of that is twofold. One is to make me think that I had a bad dream. So when if I to, if I did tell my parents, they would simply say, Well, you had a terrible, terrible dream, and I would say, Yeah, I had a dream of a clown. The problem is I kept shaking my little head back and forth. No, no, no. No, no, while he was doing all this, I was interrupting his pattern of thought so that he couldn't transfer the imagery over to my head to make me buy into it. I wanted to remember him for what he was, not for what he wanted me to think he was, which was a bad dream.
0: So that that's I've read like what your your research and you call that a screen memory, correct? That
1: is correct. That is correct.
0: Yeah, they, they, they've tried that uh when I was younger, I, I had an incident uh seeing uh these beings. It was three of them they were floating in my room, but one of them projected to me this is what I'm thinking that that they were Captain Crunch because I was a fan of the serial Captain Crunch, and I used to watch the commercials yes. and I loved it yes and uh but I knew there was something off about that. you know
1: well, there were two purposes for for doing this. One is a case like myself. They want you to remember that it's a bad dream. It never happened. So that's a way to get you to uh, uh, ignore it and to deny it. And two is the other, other one is the method they used on you, which was to use an image that you're familiar with that is harmless and that is okay. That is, uh, that it's, it's livable. You can, you can live with that. And, but it, it, again, it's so nonsensical you can't believe that it's true because Captain Crunch doesn't show up in the middle of you're in the middle of the night to see you. He just doesn't right. do that.
0: Right, correct. I agree, I agree. So after he tried the mind, the the Vulcan mind meld on you, um, do you remember what happened after that? Did you did he get you to the pass out and I, fall asleep? The next
1: thing I remember in the morning, uh, I, I was back in bed and uh, everything was uh, I was covered up properly. And uh, because the idea was to make the, the idea is to put you in the exact same position you were at before you were taken, the, even in hypnosis and uh, doing this sort of thing, it's a method of installing amnesia, so right. that you won't remember. If you're in the same position and you realize you shake your head, you realize I'm in the same position I was just the instant ago. There could have been two or three hours in between that you don't know what happened, but if you're in the same position, you'll accept that as Oh, I must have dreamed that or I must have imagined something it did you approach installing amnesia right did you
0: approach your parents after after that
1: <laughs> uh, the next morning I was so distraught my parents were really upset and they wanted wanting to know what happened and they they couldn't figure out because it was obvious I was uh, having a real problem with whatever happened and they didn't know if it was a bad dream or what and I never would tell them my mother who just recently passed away, asked me question. She said, I saw you on Ancient Aliens the other night and they said you were an investigator. I mean, I know that, but they said you're an abductee. That's not right. And I said, uh, actually it is true.
0: Oh, so you never told her all these years.
1: 93 years old and just found out I was an abductee. Wow. And she said, why did you never tell us? I said because that awful looking boo radley look on your face right now i didn't want to see that at age four
0: good man <laughs> good man you had foresight that's it that's it so any other experiences growing up
1: oh yeah oh yeah that yeah. The, that age four was the beginning of woes that uh i had approximately 10 events for the next 13 years um I'll, tell, I'll give a brief, brief description of several of them if it'll be useful to your audience. Yes, please, please. Uh, and uh, and uh, my events ended violently at age 17 in, uh, in the border of New Mexico. The second major event was when I was a little boy. Uh, we moved from Midland, Texas to uh, May Hill, New Mexico, which is a wide, literally, and I mean literally, a wide place in the road, and it's not very wide. So uh, we're living in a, in a basement there of a, of a church and until the parsonage had been built and we had an outdoor bathroom and they had of course a, a, a bathroom upstairs if we went, needed to go to it, of course. And I, wanted, I for some reason, elected to uh, it, it, in, the, in, in the third grade here, uh, to go outside to the outdoor uh, most people don't know what this is probably it's an out it's an outhouse. Right. Is basically an out, it's not as an outdoor privy like you might see in a old western movie, an outdoor right. bathroom. That it's just a square structure and that's all it is. So uh, I've used the bathroom and shut the door and there's an alien standing right there as I shut the door waiting for me in the dark. And, same one? Uh, the same exact I call him my keeper because he is uh you if there's a million of them i could recognize him wow About a million of them i don't know why they all they look the same but i could recognize him in a in a moment anyway uh the next thing i know is uh uh i the, the next morning uh i was brought back of course and then it went in, inside and uh next morning i was uh that was like Friday evening. The next morning was Saturday. And so I was off off school day. So I went out and uh, I I love animals. I love insects. I mean, I've rescued more animals than most people have ever seen in their life, much less. But anyway, so I love everything. Then I'm out pulling the heads off of uh, grasshoppers by the hundreds.
0: Wow. Why? I
1: can't figure out why am I doing this? And I put one of the little grasshoppers real close to my face, because I can see real well up close, and I realized, oh, that's the wrong head. It was a praying mantis, was the one I disliked, not the grasshopper, but it was an insect. The night before, a a seven foot praying mantis was was the one I was taken to. And uh, a very unpleasant experience, of course, and that's why I was killing the insects the next day. Uh, it was, it was wrong insect. If there'd been a thousand praying menaces out there, I'd pull the heads off every one of them, but yeah. you just, you just it, you'd, it's your, it's, it's, it's just an, an extension of, of how do you, you can protect yourself even after the event, Right. It's just a, a vain attempt to do things. So, uh, then we moved to, um, Alamogordo, New Mexico. And uh, I was uh, in school, and uh, I'm going to truncate all this, make it simple and easy. Uh, I'm in the uh, the ninth grade in uh, junior high. It's Central Junior High. I'm in the second story of a building, and uh, in I think it was a physical science class. And anyway, the I heard this voice again in my head, which was only time I ever hear that's whenever the aliens present, right? And it it said, uh, you need to leave school now and go out into the desert. And what's really weird about when they tell you stuff like this, you know, exactly where to go. They speak in, not just in concepts, but in whole imagery that you understand.
0: So subconsciously exactly
1: where to go. And I I looked outside. I wonder where the voice came from. Could I, I could hear it clearly in my head, but no one else heard it in the room. So I looked out, I looked, looked outside. The clear blue sky, beautiful blue clouds, and there's nothing out there I could see. And that was Friday at school. Saturday morning, I grabbed my little 22 rifle, and went out in the desert as I often did, blinking and target practicing and things like that. I got out there about five miles outside of town, in the middle of the desert, by myself, nowhere. Uh, and then all of a sudden. My head, top of my head, the sun's bearing down on the top of my head. I'm like, why is that? And I opened my eyes, again, switched on. I didn't wake up. Why would I be asleep standing up hunting? That didn't make any sense. Somebody switched you off. And uh, as I opened my eyes rapidly, I realized something's wrong with this picture. I'm standing there with my little rifle with 17 rounds in it, little 22 rifle and I see an alien entity, the same one that always gets me, walking away from me, he's about 50, 60 feet away. And as soon as I looked at him, and said, what in the world? He turned around, but I said that mentally, he heard it. He turned Again. around and it's the only time in my life I ever saw him with fear on his face. He was terrified because he knew I had a rifle It was loaded, and he knew I could hit him easily. I could shot him 17 times and never missed. I'm a very (sighs) good shot. So I didn't, but I did. Uh, He started running very rapidly. He's pretty way far away from me then. I finally started moving and and ran, and finally ran out there and realized uh, his track stopped, and it never, ever occurred to me he went upward. Somebody beamed him out. I didn't know that. All I knew is his track stopped, and I couldn't figure out how did he get out of here. How did he get away? And uh, so I thought to myself, you know, could I have imagined all this? And Because you, you have to ask yourself these questions. Could, you know, something could have happened. And I realized that as I went back and checked everything again, from where I was at to the place where he left, and I realized that I hadn't imagined anything. The reason is there's two sets of tracks and oh. smaller than mine and me. I didn't make both sets, right? So that ended that event. And then, uh, the last major event, which is that I've never told anybody about to any real degree, uh, is simply that, uh, when I was, uh, age 17, uh, my last major event, uh, five entities showed up in, in my room. They showed up in the hallway at first, and I noticed there was a huge bright light under the door in the hallway, and then somebody kicked the door open with extreme force. And back then, we lived in a, an old military barracks that had been remodeled into a house, and it still had the old square military uh locks knobs and everything on it and it broke the knob off the thing and it left it left it laying in the floor Uh, my parents were right next door in the next room and they never woke up because it to give your audience an idea about this it's when you get taken or someone in, in the house gets taken normally they nuke everybody in the house in other words everybody is under their control asleep and they can't wake up and uh, nobody heard a thing, uh, me and I sure did. So they kicked that door open, my eyes were that big around, I was like, good night. And then two of them came in, grabbed me out of the bed. They were stronger and they, they need to tell your audience about this so they'll understand where I'm coming from. These were not aliens. What were they? In my opinion, the alien, the, the seven flavors we have out there, the, the little gray, He's got an IQ about 80 and he's made, he's made that way on purpose. He's made not to be that intelligent. He's to do specific jobs and nothing more
0: like a drone or something.
1: Yeah. Like kind of like that. The second level is a gray that's taller and bigger and uh, he's the boss. He's got an IQ about 130, 135 he's real smart. And, uh, presenting surgery or anything done on you or mutilation, he's going to be the one to do it. Right. And, uh, then there's a, the, the the praying mantis type being, which I, I mentioned, and he's extremely intelligent. Then there's another one, is uh, quite violent and uh, very very bossy. Uh, that's the reptile guy. And then there's a an, another one that uh, some of your audience may wince at this: the 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 other alien in that big list. Ready for this? Go ahead.
0: Whoa.
1: Oh, he's been, we've we've seen him on the craft before. (laughs) Not just one person, but as many as eight witnesses at a time. Right, right, right. Anyway, so that's, my point is that these beings we're looking at, it's it's important to understand from, at least from my perspective, the beings you're looking at are not from other planets. If you look at them from a, not take off your UFO hat, throw it aside, Put on your cop hat for a minute, and it it can ask questions that your UFO hat would never ask. Like, what makes me think those were aliens from another world? Well, they must be because they have only four fingers or three fingers. If they only have three fingers, how did they build that spacecraft? Try to build something without an opposing thumb.
0: Right. How does that happen? It's impossible. It doesn't. You need it.
1: it. Somebody did it for them. So that means somebody else is in charge. That's my point. And I talked to uh, some, uh, okay, look look at the entities very briefly. And and the, uh, look at the uh, praying mantis. Well, the praying mantis is probably from Zeta Reticuli or some far off distant planet. Really? Well, that's interesting because if you come to planet Earth, you can find several hundred species of praying mantises that you could take the DNA from out and take it out there and reconstruct into a sentient being that you could make and call it an alien. Right. Uh, well, 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 what about the Nordic? Well, I'm going to take a wild guess here. Probably the best place to get Nordic DNA would be in Norway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, there.
0: Yeah, if they're visiting us and they're doing these tests on us, they're, they're definitely doing genetic manipulation for sure
1: yeah, so, so like uh, the you say well what about the 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 reptile what about the reptile even in the book of genesis it said talks about the serpent that came in the serpent there are three three different words used in the hebrew language to describe serpent and they the other two words are most illustrative it, it describes specifically a two-legged serpentine faced being looks more like a dragon.
0: Are they the Draco?
1: Just exactly like what you're seeing in the UFO phenomena. Right. So there again, it was on planet earth, not from another planet. And then, and I went to my native American buddy. I said, uh, it's Cliff Mahuti, the uh, Zuni uh, buddy of mine. And I said, uh, he said, Cliff, uh, tell me about the, uh, the gray alien, Where? who are they?" And he said, well, they're the star people. And I said, don't feed me that garbage. I said, that's what, <laughs> you, tell, that's what you tell white people. <laughs> Talk to me like I'm actually someone you know. And he said, oh, oh, well, they're the ant people. And I said, thank you. Where do ants live? He said, in the earth. I said, thank you. It comes from planet earth and doesn't it? I said, my point to you, uh, Cliff and others, is the fact that if you look at the DNA of each one of these entities carefully, you'll find that uh all the DNA comes from here. Which brings us to the last illustration, Bigfoot. Well, mm-hmm. Bigfoot's well, interdimensional for being from a million different planets or something. Well, maybe, maybe it's possible. Anything's possible, but the best research doesn't show that. Dr. Melville Ketchum uh, did some DNA analysis on uh, Bigfoot DNA, and she did that in Nacogdoches, uh, Texas. I offered some of the DNA stuff we had on the uh, to their group, and they said they had plenty. I said that's fine. I'm not a Bigfoot investigator. I said, but I've had hair samples of the so-called Bigfoot since the 1980s. I've got a a urine sample and a fingernail from a adolescent. So. It's not that I don't have any evidence, I just, that's not my forte. Right. Anyway, they did the DNA and it stands consistent with my thesis. These beings are made, hatched, cloned and manufactured by someone else for the purpose of making us think these are aliens from other planets or interdimensional beings or whatever. So, what they found was, is that the first, the first thing they found when they did the DNA on the Sasquatch was that he, in fact, is a simian, uh, an ape-like creature. Well, no big guess there. That, that's pretty obvious to everybody. The thing is, they did a mitochondrial DNA test, which goes into the female aspect of, the D, of that DNA, and they found that the mitochondrial DNA was that of a modern human woman. How do you get a modern human woman and a Bigfoot DNA together? Well, if you think about it a moment, again, take off your UFO hat and put on a cop hat or any other hat besides that, you, it, you'll come to some real quick conclusions. That's called transgenics. That's the mixing of two species for some specific reason. What reason is that? You'll have to ask the alien or Bigfoot whenever you meet. <laughs> right. My point is that, We've been hoodwinked. This stuff is, it's not to say that there aren't aliens out there that are good, friendly, and whatever, you know. I'm not concerned about them. I haven't met any of those, but I have met the other guys, and they weren't exactly, uh, it depends on what program you're in. If if you're in a different program, if you're in a program like I am, that you are an abductee, you were taken against your will, you know that, and you don't like it. If you did like it, and you're hoodwinked in my opinion you bought into their narrative their the the screen memory if you will oh it was a wonderful a four-foot owl took me with large black eyes and it was wonderful they took me and i went to the school of higher consciousness whatever you want to buy into that's fine but the fact is you were hoodwinked and that's where your story comes from and if a person hypnotizes you they'll well, they came up with the same thing it all depends on who's doing what If you, and I told John Mack the same thing, Professor Harvard, uh, 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 Chief of Medical Psychiatry at Harvard. He said, but Daryl, he said, we hypnotize these people. I said, listen to me carefully, John. I said, I respect you, I honor you for your Pulitzer Prize writing and all of that. I said, but if I hypnotize several of your people over and over and over, I would get a story that would be endless. I said, you have to think about that for a moment, John. They didn't get abducted for hundreds of hours. They get abducted for an hour, two or three at a time. If you keep hypnotizing the person, you'll get an endless story. That's my point. It's not just a screen memory, it's called a screen dream. It mm. will go on endlessly. You can hypnotize them a thousand times if you want, you're gonna get a hundred other stories that never ever happened. And that's the point. I said, and by the way, I have worked with some of your people and I said, I can assure you, the fi- information I found in them wasn't consistent with what you found.
0: And what was his response?
1: Uh, totally quiet. Mm. I said, I'm real surprised that you, uh, being a professor at Harvard, I said, that you, I, said <clears throat> I well, I, it finally got personal in a, in a nice way. And I said, we're discussing this as a, in a scientific sense, an argument simply is this a, difference of opinion that's all he said that's correct he said there's nothing personal i said that's exactly what i mean okay. i said so i'm i'm questioning you and i expect you to question me and i said the argument is is about data it's not about personal it's never personal he said agreed he said well i've always i wanted to meet you for years and i said i don't really believe that john i said because uh, your buddy a professor timberman at uh, tulane university sent you a letter in 1995, I think it was, and said, you need to visit Daryl Simpson, his senior investigator in Houston. John, they're light years ahead of you. I said, I know you got a copy of that letter because I got a copy of it. Mm. And so I said, I'm not really believing that that was a a priority on the top of your list. I said, and that's okay. I said, I just, I, I just, i an ex cop. This is what I do. you know. Truth is kind of real important. Right. So uh, anyway, we, we had to, I respect him. I always have, you know, and, uh, and so on. But my point is that I asked him where he took his hypnosis training. He said from non-professionals and I said, why did you do that? He said, well, the non-professionals are often more, more qualified than the professionals. I said, that unfortunately is true. I said, everybody thinks they need a, PhD or a DD or whatever, you know, somebody with some huge piece degree. of paper <laughs> yeah, that I said, if they if you're not familiar with the phenomena, you're wasting your time right? because you're going to end up doing what you did. And he said, what's that? I said, hypnotizing their screen memory. You didn't get the memory. You got the screen memory. The screen right. memory is a false memory syndrome. If you hypnotize them over and over you'll get a screen dream an endless series of stories that never ever happened never and is
0: and is there a way around around that like what was he what was he missing yeah what was he missing that, that didn't allow him to to get the real memory
1: so uh the problem is if you okay and I'm not picking on anybody here
0: no no I understand it's professional I'm
1: just saying that if a person comes to you you're a hypnotist and they say I've been abducted by aliens and i, I I feel like they, something wonderful happened, They whatever, you know, and you, your experiences are positive, let's say, is a good example. Uh, and the hypnotist is going to hypnotize you based on the information he gets. And not all of them, but most of them are going to do it this way. And if they do, they probably are going to end up hypnotizing your screen memory, which is a false memory syndrome. In other words, it never really happened. Contact happened, but that's not it. But you're led to believe that. And if you hypnotize a person's screen memory and they come back and they, from their experience and they say, oh my gosh, it was wonderful. I was in the school of higher consciousness. These wonderful drops of wisdom bounced off my head and I received special information. I'm chosen and special, unique, and I'm here to help and whatever. Uh, well, that's actually not true. But the point is, uh, I mean, why not buy into that? That sounds pretty good. But if they hypnotize you a dozen times, they'll get a dozen extended, long stories. You weren't you weren't abducted a hundred times in a row. You just weren't. You'd be the only place in history that happened to. And if you were an average of say three or four or five hours, that's six that's eight six hundred to a thousand hours of time. Do you really believe that that happened to? Emily? You have to question your own experience at that point. Most of these experiences last from a few moments to uh, an hour, two or three. Very rarely is it last longer than hours, very rarely.
0: So are they aware of this, that that potentially a person could get hypnotized? So they plant that that like their defense as well?
1: Of course they do. That's they want you to hypnotize the screen memory that will make an instant division among among people that are contact, people like me are just going to sit there and say, "You bought into that." Like one good dear friend of mine, but God bless her, a lover, lover to pieces, wonderful person. She said, "I heard a knock on my door. You know, knock, knock, knock. You know, I said, three o'clock in the morning. You live upstairs. I've been at your house, and you woke up, heard that in the middle of the night, went downstairs, completely coherent, opened the door. I said, why would you do that?'" <laughs> she says, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I do. It's called programming. Oh, wow. And she opened the door and said, I said, what was there? And she said, well, sometimes it's a, a, a three foot owl with large black eyes, but this time it was my deceased father. Mm. I said, D- did he look natural to you? Said, no, he looked kind of a palish green. I, I couldn't understand that. So what happened? She said, well, I went with him, of course. I mean, it doesn't matter. They use imagery that makes you comfortable. If it's a deceased relative or somebody, your mommy or daddy or whoever, or some relative, I mean, that's that you could buy into that pretty pretty easily. Others do.
0: Well, I mean, you're, 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 you were able to break it at four years old. Not a lot of people can do that. I, I wasn't able to break it when I was young.
1: Well, but mine was you, accidental. It wasn't because right. I was particularly smart. It's For some reason, something activate, and I'll, br- I'll give a practical illustration of this. I was in a, a hospital uh, back in the 1980s uh, for a, 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 a an operation on my spine, and all of a sudden, I, I'm, a, I'm a general anesthetic. That's pretty heavy stuff. All of a sudden, I opened my eyes, turned over and looked at the doctor and sat up, scared the anesthesiologist half to death. (laughs) Because he's like thinking, oh my God, I'm getting sued. You know, I didn't do my job. He did do his job. Uh I knew something was wrong in that room. I sat up, I looked at my doctor and I said, "Uh, Doc, who is this other guy here? I pointed at him. He said, uh, uh, he, this is doctor so-and-so and he's going to do the chemopapane injection today I said so you're not qualified to do a chemopapane injection and you sub the workout to another guy he said pretty much that's it I said okay I just want to know who it was and I laid back down he said C- can you go to sleep now and I said sure I closed my eyes and the anesthesia worked but I I turned myself on when it was I knew something was wrong that's happened to me in different times of my life especially in a UFO event that is a, in my opinion is a trainable skill.
0: Oh, so you can train your you can control your fight or flight?
1: You it's a teach it's it's a train it's a teachable skill in my opinion. Right. You can it, it, some people are going to be more adept than others about this, but we've actually taken certain rare abductees and we know they're going to get reabducted. Eventually, and I can work with them in such a way that they literally, uh, when they get abducted and everything that I call them the, my pilots. Because they're, they're my mission specialists for abductions. And when they get on board the craft at a certain moment, at a certain time, I can activate them to literally do what they need to spy out on that craft and tell me what I need to know. Without the alien ever knowing,
0: it. and they're willing—they're willing to do this.
1: It, 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 why not? What, you want to be a victim, lay on the table, or do you want to do something else?
0: I got you. I got you. Well, can let Where me. Are my
1: Manchurian candidates?
0: <laughs> well, let me let me tell you something. I I've I don't claim to be abducted because I don't know for sure. Like even the incident that I just told you, I don't know what that was. Sure. I just know. I just know it was weird for years i've had what they call paralytic sleep but i i it's to me it's not what the definition really is i feel like something's try, like some something is trying is is trying to take something from me
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh so it'll be when i'm sleeping i'll i'll be paralyzed i'm aware of what's around in the room sometimes i'll see what what they call shadow people i'll hear noises but i'll f- fight and, I'll, and I and and I I'm successful in waking myself up. So was that me turning myself on?
1: That's 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 well what you're doing you're you're making yourself conscious at that point. And uh, you and then the next phase what you need to do is start moving your little finger or hand doing start doing physical motions and then eventually you'll get where you can do this automatically. That's right. when you, you sense something wrong, and, and instead of the sleep paralysis happening, you do something totally different.
0: Yeah, because I mean it's uh, like I I feel like I don't have control until I'm aware something is wrong, and then I'll I'll fight, and then for some weird reason, I I communicate with whatever's happening, and I believe that whatever this is is aware. And I'll let them know, like, I'm not in in, in the mood right now to do this. It's, I know it sounds weird. Like, I have a conversation, even though I don't always get a response back from them right. or whatever this is. I don't want to say them because it just, I don't know what it is. But um, it's um, been going on. I mean, it still goes on to this day. And I, I feel like uh, a part of me wants to let go and allow whatever they want to do just to see what happens. But I'm just too scared to let it happen. understand. You know?
1: understand totally i get it
0: all right so let, let's get into um you have siblings correct yes have they had any experiences
1: only they told I, you? Uh, a son and a daughter only my son was an abductee okay now, my wife never knew anything about any of this and uh when my son was six years old they came for him and at about two thirty in the morning uh I woke up because I sensed, again, I turned switched on, the, the nuking, the whole family, it didn't work on me. I sensed something's wrong. That same knowledge, presence of them being there. And uh, so I ran as fast as I could down the hall. I ran past my son's room because I knew he wasn't in there. Wow. And I went in the kitchen area, the dining room, and there he is standing, looking out the back of the glass doors. And I watched him for a while and I said, I asked him, what are you doing? And he said, looking at the little red light out there. Well, the red light is a screen memory. It's make make something nonsensical that it didn't exist. It was probably an airplane. It was probably this, whatever. And finally, my wife walks in right behind me, not knowing any of this. She looks at him, looks at me, I told, said, David, go back to bed. And He goes back in his room, goes to bed naturally. And uh, still in a deep trance. And, and he's not a sleepwalker, never has been. And my wife looks at me and says, what's going on? So I had to belly up to the bar, so to speak, and tell her about my experiences. Mm. All that's passed on to my son.
0: Now, you, you woke up and you caught him in that instance, but having conversations with him, did you-
1: it just brought him back. And right. uh, he begged me to work with him, several people did, including right. her. And I didn't want to, because I, I, was, I was horrified to find, I knew what I would find. Right. And uh, what I found was he had, uh, he had had an encounter with the alien being, but worse than that, the one of the those five beings that were in my room that in my last event, those are not the aliens. Those five were the ones who made, hatch, clone, or manufactured the alien.
0: Right. So they weren't the same alien. They're
1: the ones behind all of this.
0: Okay. Okay. And so, did he have experiences
1: prior? Was, was one of them was the leader of that? Was one of the ones that was present when my son got picked up at age six.
0: And so that was that his first time,
1: when you it it it, uh, forever colored his consciousness in such a negative way that he we were walking down the road one day and uh, just talking, doing, having fun, fishing, doing what we did, and he looked at me and said, "Dad, since that night, he said my consciousness has changed." That's what do you mean, son? He said, I no longer care for people like I used to. Wow. And that was absolutely horrifying.
0: So they desensitized them.
1: They, whatever they were talking the, the doing, experience. They were working on him.
0: So he, did, he, did he have more events after that? Yes. Wow. Well, I don't know how you can
1: well, protect
0: someone from the, that. That's so that's horrible. That,
1: my friend is. Uh, I went from a concerned father to an alien hunter. What's an alien hunter? I hunt them that hunted me and later hunted my son. I want to know who they are, what they're doing, why they're here. I want to know all of that. And I am, uh, I was ignorant before. I am not now. That's the important thing. And
0: And you don't have any more experiences yourself?
1: My events ended violently at age 17.
0: Okay. Have they made attempts? Do you believe if they try to make any attempts after that, or that was it? You were done. No,
1: that was it.
0: Okay. Then All right. So I'm gonna, re- yeah, I'm gonna read off because th- some of these, some of this stuff is hard to pronounce. But you're a master hypnotherapist. You're also a certified, uh, medical hypnoanesthesiologist. Uh, graphoanalysis. Uh, how how were you? Uh, what made you aware that having these skills would help you hunt these aliens?
1: Well. Uh- Again, uh, when I, as an abductee, uh, keeping most of this stuff myself, uh, when I was in the, in the CIA, basically, I was started to learn the trade crap of spying. I was looking into that carefully and, and took some of the class courses and so on. We were privy to, to take some of these things. And uh, as I did, I realized the alien and the CIA function pretty much the same way why you know basically the the alien develops the cover story what's the cover story the screen memory it's a cover story it's an, it's not a real memory of what happened it's the idea is to make you think that what does the cia do roswell is a good example at first they the military found a a, a saucer a spacecraft of some kind and they said we found a, a flying saucer a few days later after the head uh, people at, uh, developing the intelligence community at the time, they got in on that and said, told everybody, no, you didn't change the, change the whole story. So they made a cover story, so it was a weather balloon. The point is that the intelligence agency, they're paid to be really good at what they do. Uh, they're paid to protect us, to make the Russians and the Chinese not know the truth about whatever, right? Correct. They're also capable of making you think the same thing. And they can tell you it was only a weather balloon. Did that work? It did for a lot of people. It really did. It's a cover story. That is not true. It was never a weather balloon. And they made up two other stories after that. It doesn't make any difference. All you have to do is keep telling people it's the same story, a different story, but over and over and over. And finally, they'll keep parenting it until they believe it themselves. Right. Right.
0: So you were saying that, like, these creatures, like the Bigfoot and the praying mantis, they're here on Earth. So what crashed in Roswell? Was that something that also was created here on Earth by these beings? It
1: was, it was a, a, in my opinion, Roswell is far different than what most people imagine. Uh, it'd say well, a spacecraft crashed there. probably two crafts, were coming together, and they one crashed, landed about hundred miles or so from Roswell. The other one landed over by Corona. So there were at least two craft that crashed that time. So the, the first one, in my opinion, the whole purpose of that was planned by the alien. It was not They don't get drunk on the weekend, and they can't drive well when they're flying around planet Earth. That's not the actual answer. Uh, The fact is, how do you get inside uh, the Army, Air Force, intelligence operation? We're the first people with a nuclear bomb. We dropped it in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now they would like to know everything that we have and know about it. How do you do that? Well, they could land on the White House lawn. No one would ever believe you if you land on the White House lawn half the people will think you're aliens going to eat us and boil us and do horrible things. The other half are going to think welcome to planet Earth you know we're your servants So that wouldn't work out. They're not here to do any of that. They're not here to take over that never was a purpose. The point is to get inside our intelligence operation. What's the best way to do that? The brilliant plan they came up with I thought, and I've written a little story about it in a narrative. And uh, my media specialist did the same thing. She uh, took my notes and put it in a, a beautiful narrative. But basically it says that Roswell was a, an intelligence operation by the alien.
0: And it went wrong.
1: Well, the, the, it went perfectly right. Here's what happened. They intended to crash the ship. Oh, They don't care how many aliens die. They're a dime a dozen.
0: They can make more.
1: They got about a million of them up there. Why? They don't care how many you killed. The only thing they have to be sure of is that at least one of them survives because he, as any, any abductee or contactee will tell you if they know anything about the alien at all, he's a perfect tape recorder. He can access your information and download it immediately out of your brain. Now, when they captured him, quote unquote, and took him to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and set him down in front of some of the top military industrial complex people, guess what he's doing?
0: He's, he's Downloading doing
1: information. Out right. of their head. Guess who's going to come back that evening and get it from him and upload it to their stuff. Roswell right. the was a perfect intelligence operation. If you... If, if we captured them, we actually think we're smart and we were in charge. You actually weren't. Right.
0: That's like, it's like a computer virus, right? He,
1: he was there. Uh, uh, Manchurian candidate, so to speak. Right. They got, they got inside the military industrial complex and got everything we, they needed to know quickly.
0: Damn, That's crazy. Wow. So an, another skill that you have, uh, of many skills, Daryl is uh, diving. Right, so you've gone on on deep dives to find artifacts. Have you found anything? Can you can you tell me about any of the things you found on your deep dives?
1: Well, I, on the my my skills in diving, I, I have uh, two ships in scuba diving: SSI and BATI, PADI. P A D I. I'm a advanced open water instructor in both of them. Uh, so all of these skills. I use for the UFO phenomena if I need them. And uh, I dived for a, a TV company one time uh, called Uncovering Aliens. And uh, we we were doing a dive there in the Great Lakes looking for possible artifacts underwater and so on. We didn't find any but but that was the purpose of the dive.
0: Okay. And then what did you find anything? I know you went to go Gobekli happy. Did you find anything interesting there?
1: and gobekli tepe I went there primarily to this last uh, 2 years ago and I, I'll go back again this year and then go to karantepe which is a, another site like gobekli tepe but probably much larger and more involved and older than gobekli tepe uh, the point in doing that is to look at the uh, specifically the carvings and the uh, artifacts the, the thing that I think people are not getting out of the, the story about Gobekli Tepe is that this is a huge site that was uh, built and was, uh, and that people are saying it was a lunar solar observatory. I just don't think that's accurate at all. But what it is systemic of, in my opinion, based on the images if you look at the images carefully of uh, you'll find a scorpion a snake or and uh, different uh, cr- and, uh, and a vulture you, these are animals that are associated with death or uh, dying and that that this the gobekli tepe is in my opinion more of a of a, a religious center so to speak of, uh, of people transitioning of teaching people about how to transition, so to speak, when you die, their belief system on how that's done. That would be closer to the truth of Gobekli Tepe than any other thing I think you're going to find. You have to look at those carvings carefully. And you realize very quickly when you start comparing those specific creatures with other uh, creatures that are involved in passing on or, or, or the next life and that sort of thing, uh those things are, are more consistent with that.
0: Right. So like the NASCA lines, do you think that those people that make, that created those arts were telling us something?
1: Uh, NASCA is a, a remarkable place in, in my opinion. Uh, the uh, NASCA lines are uh, more than likely... Uh, uh, Some people say that when UFOs had to do it, they could have done it, but they didn't do a very good, very pretty job for sure, uh, if that's the case, but they may have directed someone on the ground of what to do. That would make a lot more sense to me. Either the giants that were present during that time, and there were, or they were directly connected to the UFO phenomenon, in my opinion. And... uh, and or people who might have been involved in uh, that phenomena in a hidden sect of that culture back then, whoever that was. So that's my best uh, explanation for that.
0: Right, right. Okay. so here's something that that boggles my mind. Um, And I want to know your insight on this. Pyramids, not just in Egypt, but the fact that there's pyramids, the minds build pyramids, uh, deep in Asia, they build pyramids okay. like and but they never there's no history of them crossing the seas to, I guess, disseminate this information and give the blueprints to, you know, to each other like how how are these pyramids being built, and Perfect. they all pretty much are the same.
1: Well, the interesting things about. Uh, I'll just give you a little couple of sidebars for fun. Uh, when the in 1929 the scientists took some of the Peruvians uh up to uh, a brand new place that they had heard about and they went up there and they looked at the peruvians they saw these magnificent stone uh, structures and they said wow this is incredible this is machu picchu you little peruvians are amazing people look at all the stuff you built and the peruvians looked at them and said we didn't build that the giants did of course scientists looked at them like there's something wrong with their brain but the fact is they're listening to history and are not paying attention. The giants were the ones who constructed that and they constructed it. Their giants are all over the world. They're not, they weren't just in Israel, uh, the Emim, the Zanzimim and the, and the Kim they weren't just those that were there. They're in South America. They're in, in North America, Native American uh, Ute and other tribes describe even fighting them. And, uh, the, the giants were in different locations around the world. In fact, we have a research project uh, this coming year. We're waiting on funding for it. And uh, I have found some bones from the giant. That wow. are beyond, beyond huge. I don't mean seven feet tall. I mean huge. Huge. And we want to do some DNA testing, mitochondrial as well as nuclear DNA testing on that. So I've got a cardiovascular surgeon and others who want to be a part of that research team with me.
0: Have, have you heard of the story of the Kandahar giant? Of course. And what do you, what do you think of that?
1: Well, the Kandahar story, uh, uh, I have a problem with. Uh, it's a wonderful story. Uh, if you, if you like giant stories and especially <laughs> a modern one and all that. But when I put my cop hat on and my military hat, I find there's a couple of, problems with the story. Uh, It doesn't mean the story isn't true. It just means there are parts of it that don't make any sense. And, uh, when, uh, when you're, if you put your cop hat on and you're doing a murder investigation and several things make a lot of sense, and then several of them don't, that's where your investigation really focuses. Why is the rest of the story not making sense? So I, I, I would have to look further into that myself some of the witnesses uh, say that didn't happen. Some of the other people say it did. So the question is, why is it that it, we got two, two disparaging stories there. So it doesn't mean that again, it didn't happen. I, I just don't know. My answer is I don't know. And uh, giving an opinion saying, well, I believe, believe doesn't mean anything. You can, you can not believe the Great Wall of China exists, but it'll still be there in the morning. It won't make any difference what you believe it. It doesn't matter whether you do believe it exists. It'll still be there anyway. It doesn't matter. So what you can prove or or reasonably give evidence of is more important than what you believe to me. Right. Again, you have to get rid of the UFO hat if you're going to be an investigator. If you're going to wear a UFO hat and be an investigator, you're not going to be a very good one.
0: So do you think that...
1: You, by definition, won't ask the right questions. You're going to ask UFO questions,
0: right? Right. You're going to you're going to you're going to force yourself to go down one specific lane when you're leaving another you. lane entirely I use open. I
1: seven different hats in my investigations.
0: And I was going to ask you, can you please get into that? The seven hats. Can you get into that, please?
1: Funny you should ask that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's amusing. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit if you want. Uh, yes, please. The. Uh, let me uh, I want to pull up something here to show you a little bit of um, the, uh, the I keep talking about the UFO hat and why why it's it's important it's a good hat to have don't get me wrong I'm not picking on anybody but what I am telling you is that if we if we're not careful uh, we uh, we if you're only focused with a okay if you're only focused on uh you've only got a ufo hat you're only going to ask ufo stuff everything has to be a flying saucer or it's whatever but the point is when you come out and you've got a okay when when i come out with uh, my medical hat and that that's a, a skill that i have or hey let's go further when I come out with my cop hat or my P.I. skills, when those come out, my cop hat doesn't believe anything you say. Like, oh, well, I was abducted by aliens. No, the cop hat doesn't care. It is if you ever been sitting in a police interview before, it's not a pleasant thing to do.
0: I have trust. They're me. looking
1: at you like you made everything up. Right. When they find any inconsistencies in your story, they're going to come after you with a meat hook. Well, that's awful. No, it's actually pretty good. It's good police work. Right. That's how you find out what's true and what isn't. So the cop hat is a good hat. I like to tell people when I, in my UFO presentations, take your UFO hat and put it under your chair, so to speak, and just leave it off for a while. I want you to wear a cop hat for a few minutes. It may be a little uncomfortable, but it's a really good hat and it will get you answers. It'll get make you ask questions you would have never, ever asked. So that's a good hat to have. But it's not the only hat. We have a medical and scientific hat. Whenever I find medical or scientific evidence, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to pursue it to the hill. So therefore, if I had a medical hat and a scientific hat, that's the ultimate answer. No, it's not. The medical hat uses Bayesian logic. And that's cool and that's neat. But Bayesian logic is a system of, uh, of logic to, to to interpret where to go and what to do from a medical point of view. It's not the ultimate answer to anything. It's it's just a it's just another way of finding more information out. And then uh, we have a, another hat that we uh, uh, that we we like to use. I'll just make it simple. One of them is uh, the the other two three big hats. are My Native American hat. I'm Native American, Indian, Irish, uh, Scottish. And, uh, uh, and uh, one lady challenged me on the internet said, well, if you're Indian, how much Indian are you? And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? She says, I knew exactly what she meant. Right. She says, well, what, what, where's your CIB card? And I said, uh, I said it, it, isn't it interesting that the only people that, ha- the only three animals on the planet that have to have a, a, a quantum, a blood quantum card are horses. Exotic dogs, and Indians. Where's yours? <laughs> well, I'm not an Indian. I said you you missed the whole question. Where's yours? Why do you, I need a CIB card and you don't? And you, the lady that I was talking to was Hispanic. I said, Where's your Hispanic card? Well, I'm Hispanic. I said I didn't say you weren't. I just need to know how much blood you are,
0: right, right. And Hispanics you know, have Indian.
1: I said Indian. that's pretty offensive, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: that's awful to have to, to to quantify somebody's blood count to decide whether whether they are something or not. I said my relatives are actually on the Dolls rolls, if that'll help you out. But I'm not going to give you anything else because it's none of your business. Right. But our enemies used to call us uh, the Cherokee. I said, they actually still do. This is stupid. They don't know the difference. I said, we're called Anayunwiya, the principal people. I said, the people who knew us would know that, and you're not one of them. So the Native American hat looks at things far differently than other hats do, and that's an important hat to use as well. Then you've got a spiritual hat. The spiritual hat looks at the, the whole entire phenomena, totally different than all the other hats do it's going to look at it from a ultra spiritual sense i mean black galactically it that's pretty cool that's a fascinating hat then I've, the other hat i've got that's kind of important that i'll tell you about very briefly is called an intelligence hat intelligence hat is like the ones they used at roswell they told you one day that they the military people said, uh, "Oh, it was a flying saucer." Intelligent people got in there and said, "No, it wasn't." Tell everybody it was—it was a weather balloon. And show them some pieces of weather balloon, and they'll believe it. Why will they? Because you're the government. And you just told them so. I mean, the government wants to give give a, a night wants to bring out something like what eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents, only to investigate. Billionaires? Do you right. actually believe that there's 87,000 million, 87, millionaires? Billionaires on in in the United States? No, they're coming after you. They're not coming after any billionaire.
0: Yeah, they're arming them too, right?
1: That, that, that that's that's That ought to scare people half to death. Yeah, the intelligence hat is uh, totally different. It no. it is a hat that that uh, wants to know one thing the truth. It doesn't care where you're from, what you think you are. It doesn't give a hoot. Well, I'm a, re- I'm a Zeta Reticuli alien. That's what you tell the abductees. I want to know who you really are. And that's all they care about. They want the information and then they use it for specific reasons. The intelligence hat is extremely useful. And a secondary peripheral part of that, which is part of my cop app, believe it or not, is a hat I call the profiler hat. When the cop hat can't figure out what's going on, when it runs out of, if it's fallen, the serial killer is an example, and it can't get the serial killer is really sharp and the cop can't detect, detective can't figure it out. He will take the information to a profiler. Right. The profiler, he'll under, he'll look at every detail and everything you can imagine about that case. I mean, from handwriting to the, every detail, every photograph, everything. And he'll actually tell you things about the psychological makeup of that person, things you never thought was possible. We can do the same thing with the alien and have. That's crazy.
0: So that's good that you can take like tactics that normally wouldn't be considered or used (laughs) On this phenomenon and and yeah. and modify it essentially.
1: Why we you ask about the skills? Why did you use them for? What do you need them for? Right, that's some of the reason for it right there. That's and
0: and do you do you know which hat to use? Some like in every moment, do you know when to switch the hats?
1: Uh, generally, I do. the uh, The purpose of using the hats. Okay, when I come up, someone says, "Well." Uh, I've been implanted I've got I've got uh, eight implants in me. My first question is how do you know that? What convinces you of that? well I, it, it had to be implants so how why does it have to be? Uh, well because I got I got uh, uh, little bumps and I scratch over here and my neck bothers me so those must be implants. of the people who have implants don't even know their existence, do not know of their existence. That's amazing to me. You know exactly where they are and what they are, and no one else seems to know. I said, I'm the guy who discovered implants in 1960 in my own event because I was a recipient of it, and I was wide awake when it happened. Oh, so you you had an implant. I discovered it accidentally because I was a recipient of it at age 12. I said, my point to you is, uh, do you have any medical records, MRIs, CAT scans, anything to support your beliefs? Well, no. So it's just a belief. Well, I got a bump. I said, that doesn't mean anything. Do you have any medical records, CAT scans, MRIs, anything, x-rays, anything to support your viewpoint? Uh, Well, no. I suggest that you go get them and check the areas that are to save yourself a great deal of expense go check the areas you absolutely know that are implants and get those x-rayed first and here's how you do it and after i explain it to them ninety-nine 99 uh, of these people don't write you back because they did if they did go out and find check to find out there's nothing there and number two or it's a very a, a very normal item like pencil lead or something you got stabbed with a pencil when you're in in grade school. Well, the lead the lead in the pencil will stay in your body forever. I mean, it's it's a it's graphite and it'll stay in your body forever. I mean, it's 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 not an implant. It's lead from a pencil. Right? But I probably have like an implant. Well, it, I know <laughs> What an implant looks like.
0: Yeah, I probably have a couple of those in my fingers, you know, from when I was a kid. Yeah. You
1: know. so, the, so that so that I use the 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 medical hat at some point, I'll leave the cop hat off. They're, they get real offended by that one. And I'll put the medical hat on and start asking questions. Do you have any CAT scans, MRIs, or anything like that? And no. And I said, Well, go get them. Here's what you need to do give them good advice. Most of them will never call back because they found out probably there's nothing there. And or their doctor laughed them out of the, the place. And, uh, and if they do have a real implant, they can contact me. I'm very, very agreeable. And amenable to advising them on how to deal with that, and so on. Again, that's going to be the medical hat. the uh, The medical hat. Uh, uh, one lady questioned me about that. She says, "Well, well, you got all these doctors doing this stuff." I said, "You have to understand. It's when I went to India to do and conduct an implant surgery there as a hypnotic anesthesia therapist. I said I did not uh, ask the doctor." Uh, to uh, advise me what to do. I already know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. He's a mechanic. He's he's going to do what he knows to do. When I went there, I talked to the, the surgeon and I talked to the owner of the hospital in New Delhi. And I said, here's what I need done. And I'm an investigator from Houston, Texas, and I need this surgery performed this way. And I will advise you on how it's to be done and so on. Is there any problem with that? I said, not any whatsoever. And I said, good, they're going to get paid for it. They wanted the money, of course. And uh, the surgeon was excited because he had never done a surgery like this before. And we did not tell him it was an alien implant or anything about that. But uh, he figured a lot of it out when he started looking at this stuff. He realized this ain't supposed to be in the human body.
0: This- have, you wor- have you worked with Roger Lear by any chance? I know he did implants as well.
1: Um, well, Roger Lear, uh, i roger lear was i was his mentor gotcha he was a podiatrist that's a foot doctor not he did not do surgeries above the ankle it only did two that i know of and uh one of them was an implant the other one was but my point is that uh he worked with me as a partner for a while and then later some of the implants started disappearing under his care and uh basically i fired him because Mm. No, the buck stops with me.
0: Right, I understand.
1: I don't have a bunch of excuses. It's Life is real simple. If they disappeared and you're the last one to had them, I put the cop hat on.
0: That's that's where the other hat I comes told, on, yeah.
1: Because I told Roger, I said, I put, I put people in prison for less than what you've done. Right. I said, that, I said you, you're, I, you're a friend of mine and all that, but I said, the point is, this stuff disappeared under your care, and you say it magically disappeared. It didn't. That safe has a lock, and you have the only key, and you were with me all the time yesterday except for several hours where you were gone.
0: Do you believe he sold them?
1: Some of the implants are gone. What do I think?
0: Yeah, he probably sold them.
1: It's it's real definitive. Yeah. So anyway, I said I can't have that, and uh, later, uh, anyway, he he got in trouble with the podiatry board, and uh, later got busted and got a $4,000 fine and three years probation on his license. Right. But anyway, the point is he did some good work as well. I'm not not negating that. But my point is that uh, when I first presented the first case to him, he uh, didn't believe it. He said it's of crap. He didn't believe a word of it, not a word. And uh, then after I began to describe it and he said, well, those look like surgical clips from an osteotomy. I said, that's exactly what I told the patient. And he said, well, what did she say? And I said, well, she provided evidence from her doctor. She had never had a previous surgery. He said, well, okay, if you fly them out here, we, we'll start working on So we did. And uh, that's what started the implant surgeries in 1995. But right. uh, my point is that um, uh, implants are extremely rare. And Roger and a lot of other people told a lot of people, a lot of people had implants. They don't that's just just categorically not true but it does drum up good business it's it's a money maker, right we don't sell so, anything for the work we've done all our work is philanthropic uh and that's not true of what roger and some of his crew may have done but uh we we didn't do that we we beg borrow or uh or, or, or pay for it ourselves out of pocket when we can and uh is philanthropic we do not try to make money off these abductees or contactees.
0: yeah it's it's just not good karma
1: <laughs> Bad, it's a bad idea mike yeah
0: okay so uh in 2003 you did a lecture in rome uh where uh you presented that a female had a implant in her eye an ocular implant can you talk about that
1: that is true an ocular implant um an ocular implant was uh Okay, the back up, they call me the alien hunter. The reason they call me alien hunter, uh, and, and actually the person that started that was a, was a journalist in Atlanta. And she while she's interviewing me, she's, oh my God, you hunt him. You, what, well, you're hunting the alien. You're the alien hunter. And in her article in uh, Rendazzo's magazine, this huge alien head with a blood red letters, alien hunter, Daryl Sims so that was her story and that that stuck that moniker stuck for a lot of people so i don't care it's fine for me the uh the fact is that one of the things that i knew about the alien is that they function like an intelligence community i was in the intelligence community if i'm going to hunt the alien what would be the best way to hunt an intelligence agency probably with intelligence techniques You know, I'm just guessing here. But uh, if you think you're gonna uh, hunt the, the intelligence agency with a microscope or with something else, you're kind of wasting your time unless you're using it on an intelligence level, using intelligence information you gathered. So I gathered quite a bit of information about the alien over the years. One piece of information I gathered about the alien was remarkable, and in my opinion, I felt like if this abductee's information that he accidentally saw but totally remembered, if that information is credible, and I didn't know if it was or not, but I I think it, to me it would be very damning information that the alien would would be horrified if they knew about it. So would this be good information to feed, excuse me, feedback to the alien? Well, of course it would. You have to set a trap for them. And as one journalist said, this is the only case in history where you got the aliens to show up at your event and you basically, you ran the show. They didn't. And I said, that's true. So what happened is I used a, a lady, a ball, she volunteered. She was a contactee. That means the person who believes they're here to save the planet, Pixies on the whole. They like them, in other words. They like what they're doing. They're probably here to upgrade our DNA or something like that.
0: They think they're benevolent.
1: Yeah, whatever. You know, (laughs) whatever you don't buy into, it's fine with me. It's just a screen memory, you know. If you need a good screen memory, they'll give you a better one. If that doesn't work, they'll give you a different one. Uh, But anyway, so I, I used her and she volunteered for the project. I said, I can't tell you a thing about it. I just need to borrow your brain for a little while. And they're probably going to get you in a month or two or three anyway. And uh, she's okay. She said, "You've never charged us a penny. We love what you do. You help us, and you don't. You don't care whether abductees or contactees. That's our belief system." I said, "That's right. I don't. It's your business, not mine." And I said, uh, "She said I agree." And so I recorded everything, and then I took that lady and I installed that memory information from that male abductee, into her head as if it were her own memory. Then I put a block on it so that the, the alien couldn't access it previously until, it, until I wanted it out. And I put a, a block on the other side of it so that the alien couldn't, if they found out, if it was credible and they didn't like it, I didn't want them to be able to find out where it came from. And so I did both of those. So about uh, two months later, she gets abducted in Florida and the alien's ready to take her and everything and all of a sudden, she gets within 20 inches of the alien and she blurts out this information 100%. And he, she said, Daryl, it's the only time I've ever, she said, I did not know the alien actually had emotions, but he did, said he was horrified. I said, because they're linked to the same Internet, the same business. And uh, anyway, uh, after her abduction, uh, they came back. Uh, w- they, they picked up eight of our people in two states and several cities, took them in small craft, all to a huge craft, approximately, You ready for this? 600 miles across, 50 miles thick, near the moon. When my senior investigator and engineer told me about this, I said, you know, it sounds pretty big. He said, I thought you'd have a problem with it. So I brought the video and he had a video and I said, where did you get that? And he said, a Japanese astronomer was filming the moon at the time of our abduction unbeknownst to us or him. And he, we think that that's the craft. It's huge going across the surface of the moon at the same time of our abduction. So anyway, we learned a ton of stuff about the alien we never knew from that abduction right. event. And what the most important thing we learned, remember that story I told you, those that are hatched, cloned, made, manufactured, the seven primary aliens, those are just models. It's, it's easier to think of them as uh, models at a car company. You have the little Chevette down at one end and the Corvette Stingray on the other end. They're just models. Right. That's all, and they're made for specific purposes. Anyway, all seven of them are lined up in front of this guy sitting in the big chair. The guy in the big chair is what I refer to as mid-level management.
0: What does he look like?
1: I can't tell you. Okay. I told you what the other seven words look like in front of him, but most important is there's another one just like him in the other room that have got the woman that I programmed. They're nailing her and they're nailing him. The reason they want him is because he's my senior investigator. He said the first question asked from the guy in the big chair, and it's important to understand this, every one of these entities are terrified of the guy sitting in the big chair. I told you they lived in a world of fear. And they should, because he Whatever he decides your fate's going to be, that's going to be it. Your life can be over instantly if he doesn't like your answer. He asked Dale this question. He said, why did he do this? And it's all mental. And Dale said, I saw your face, the whole story, every detail of it spilled out right there that they knew. And I looked at him and said, I I don't know because he didn't know. The guy in the chair became so angry that it scared the Nordic being that was standing there. The Nordic, who Dale's six foot one or two, the Nordic was at least six, 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 seven. He walks over to Dale, puts his forehead on Dale's forehead, his hands on both sides of his face, with big, beautiful blue eyes. Looks into Dale's and looks back at the at the mid-level management guy sitting there and says, "He doesn't know." And the guy cooled off because he knew he wasn't being lied to. And then he asked two other questions that were absolutely stunning questions that everybody with half a brain ought to be wondering, why did they ask those questions? The first question was, they produced a computer-like hologram of a brain, human brain in front of Dale, in front of his face. And the big guy in the chair looked at him and said, point to the human soul. Where is it? The question is, if they know everything, why is it they don't know everything? They don't know where the human soul's at. And Dale said, I I don't know. And the guy got mad again. He said, no one knows where that's at. No one has a clue. In the other room, they're asking the lady the same question. And the big question they ask her, they produce a holographic image, again, an image of a human brain. And ask her this question point to the human spirit. Where is it? They didn't know. Why has somebody come from a long, long way to get what you have and they don't even know where it's at? Why are you so special? You're, there's an ancient scripture, going to the old spiritual hat here, it says, You were created wonderfully. There's nothing like you anywhere in the universe. Yeah,
0: you created were created in the image of God,
1: right? We're barely yeah. pond scum. That's what your scientist said. He's got his own beliefs. But someone bigger than them who probably created you said you're not. You're created wonderfully. There's nothing like you anywhere in the universe. I don't care. I didn't say there weren't smarter beings than you. There may be out there. Maybe a million billion of them. I don't know. My point is, whatever it is you have, here on Earth, it's different than any other place in the universe. And somebody's come along along the way to find out about it. So these are huge issues. Bigfoot was standing in that lineup, by the way.
0: That's crazy.
1: That, that I'm telling you, people, <laughs> people are so <laughs> stuck in their, their viewpoints. They say, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. It's gotta, you got to be a Bigfoot hat on, or you got a UFO hat on. If you're a ghost hunter, I got my ghost hat on. You kind of need to get another hat. That's a good hat, but it's not the only hat you should have. You should have several others, at least.
0: So the the Bigfoot. This is what what gets me with the Bigfoot, because you have like these people going out there and they're searching. You know, you have the the finding Bigfoot people, the expedition Bigfoot. Um, you he's on a craft, so obviously he's part of that crew. And he has a specific job so what is he doing
1: part of the he's part okay each model that you i told you about right is he the muscle (laughs) each model has got their own specific jobs to do their particular jobs has only been for the last at the most 200 years at the most 200 years the abduction contact phenomena is only a couple of hundred years old it's a program. And are you ready for the big one? It didn't work. Their own admission on that massive crap was the program has basically failed. It's not worked. Why are they asking questions about where the human soul the human spirit is? They couldn't even figure that. I couldn't get that. They couldn't figure it out. Right. The program has failed, and it's going to end at some point, and then there will be a new program something else, something much bigger in my opinion.
0: Do they want our soul?
1: You you have to ask them. They wanted to know where it was at. Oh,
0: that's... Okay, so you took, I believe you took the, the, the ocular uh, implant to the University of Houston, am I correct?
1: The, the what happened is uh, after that first event, they, uh, they all came back. They were brought back that night, and the next morning, a lady, uh, uh, the, uh, for three days, they were back. On December 8, 1992, they, came, they were taken. They were picked up later, December 11, 1992, and three nights later, taken again, and the ocular implant fell out of the lady's eye uh, and the, after we think they had housed a biological camera. And that they were literally spying on the Houston UFO Network meeting where I was conducting a meeting and they were trying to find out more information about what I was doing and how I was doing it. And the problem is they they got the biological camera, in our opinion, but they didn't get the housing. That housing, which looked, it's about the size of a seed, about the size of a grain of sand, and it, it's got it looks like an egg with the end of it open, cut open and where the camera so to speak would have been showing through the optic nerve or whatever they had it attached to retina whatever um and in doing that uh the lady who had the object in her eye one of the abductees uh, named well her name was linda taylor she was rubbing her eye at work and in front of her boss your boss said what's the problem she said well it felt really weird last night we i felt so tired because it's like i was up all night long And kept rubbing her eye and finally she said something a grain of sand or something's in my eye been bothering me all night and it fell out and made a definitive clink on her desk and her boss looked at it and said what is that she said i don't know it's just a grain of sand she tried to sweep it off the table and she said no leave it alone i want to know what that is you take that to that ufo investigator of yours and give it to him she said it's just a grain of sand Abductees are notorious for destroying evidence, hiding evidence, or ignoring evidence. And they don't even know why. It's a program that's placed in them to run. And so her boss said, you take that to him and I'm going to call him. If he doesn't call me back and tell me that he got that object, you're fired. That's the only reason I got it. So, I did have it looked at by the University of Houston electron microscope uh, and uh, we found the object to be ceramic like material with a soft cushion like inside of that ceramicness which suggested to us the possibility of something biologic may have been housed in there like a camera.
0: Have you have you Have you broken down it molecularly to, to see what, what it consists of?
1: Well, we, we have certain, we, 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 the titanium was present in other things, right. but that, that, that's not really, not, that's not really that determinant. What you really want to look for are the isotopic ratios of titanium. You want to see if the object was made here on earth or out there. You want to see if, 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 many objects that the alien uses are actually made from here by the way.
0: Because they're here.
1: <laughs> this, the objects we found in the first su- surgery uh, turned out to be extraterrestrial objects. Uh, no question about it. They were extraterrestrial. Uh, inside human beings wrapped in, the, in a keratinous in a, a biological cocoon. That is an astounding fact in itself. Uh, it's, the whole thing was simply amazing. There's no question about it.
0: So, so how do you tell that it's extraterrestrial? Is it because it's concentrated too much in one
1: well, you look at the you look at the isotopic ratios. Uh, in most cases, you would have to do that. For instance, we found uh, four little objects were inserted in the little girl's nose by a bug-eyed little man in her room, and her mother called me, and I said, "Have her sneeze into a Kleenex." She did repeatedly until they found four little gold spheres about the size of pinheads in the little girl's nose. I sent those off to a university at Toronto University under the care of Dr. Nick Balakas, And I, I told him I wanted a tenured professor in metallurgy to look at the objects. He did. What the objects, uh, the, the metallurgist looked at him and said, well, if I can manufacture this in my laboratory, they're not alien. I said, I didn't say they were alien. I never said that word. They were just given to us. And this was the description of how we got it. For your information, that's all. I just want to know what they're made out of and he said okay. So finally a few days later, about a week later, he called me and said with a totally different tone, uh, Mr. Sims, I was not able to replicate these in my laboratory. They look like little tiny moons, I said with little tiny craters all over them. He said, yeah, what, what do you think they were using this for? I said, well, I I hate to use the word medication because that's not what it was, but whatever substance they had on that little planet, so to speak, those four that were in her nose, I said, the little dips like craters would house more more of the biology, so to speak, than others. And it would dissipate it time-wise over a period of time and to get whatever done they intend to have done. And he says, what do you think they were doing? And I said, so I gave him that description. And uh, he said, well, they're 49% uh, gold and 51% silver. I said, well, that's wonderful to know. But now the next thing I need to know is the isotopic ratios. Isotopic ratios for your audience, it's like the telephone number of the element. You can find gold. Uh, okay, a good example. Uh, we found a meteorite in, uh, and uh, the scientists found a meteorite in Antarctica, and they said, well, that meteorite's really unusual because it came from Mars. How do you know it came from Mars? Because we had already been to Mars, and a little scoop that that device had, that little rover took and brought back some of the soil sample and some of the metals were iron and we have the isotopic ratios of the iron samples that were on Mars. The iron samples of the meteorite matched those of Mars exactly. The phone number, so to speak, of the isotopic ratios, the weight and so on, was exactly the same. So we know where it came from. So if we we do the isotopic ratios of the silver and gold of the implant, and we find out those isotopic ratios were identical to planet Earth, guess where they got the materials planet earth Mm -hmm. if what if they got it off a meteorite in outer space then that's the isotopic ratios are going to be uh three to five percent or higher than planet earth they're going to be noticeably different than here
0: incredible (laughs) okay so (laughs) i don't want to be the dead horse i'm i got to get back on this bigfoot thing okay the reason why i brought it up is because uh when i listen to like other podcasts and people talk about their experiences. They talk about the behaviors of, of when they run into the Sasquatch and, and the families, you know, Sasquatch mother and a father. So why are they running around in forests and, and all of that? If they have a, a, a specific, like, what's their duty to be running around in, you know, the Pacific Northwest or here in Florida? You know, we have the skunk ape.
1: Well, my g- generic opinion, yeah. they're made, hatched, cloned, and manufactured for the purpose making you think they're from another planet or another dimension period okay okay working working pretty good isn't it yeah it is is. pretty good people buy into it so the so the are you ready for it the cover story is working yeah because if a person's only got a bigfoot hat or a ufo hat what are you going to find bigfoot stuff bigfoot evidence yeah yeah what if you what if you had another hat Well, you would be looking for other things? What if you had a, a medical hat? You would start analyzing your Bigfoot stuff and you'd start finding out other kind of things about it. it Bigfoot is real. There's no absolutely no question about that. The question is, what is it?
0: Does our does the government they're
1: know? Them. They're different flavors, different hair samples or different types of them. Yeti is different than there are several different kinds in the US. No question about that. I'm not debating any of that. I'm simply saying there's all everybody. Most of the people I've talked to are using their Bigfoot hat to look at it with. How do you know that? They go out in the woods and roar, scream <laughs> and do all that stuff. Well, that's really good. You know that's okay. <laughs> Whatever, scream louder if you like. Did you hear that? Somebody threw a rock over here. You know. Sometimes that's the TV people throwing a rock over there to make you wonder who did that.
0: Right, right. It's off the show.
1: That's it's off in the show.
0: Um, do you think our government knows that Bigfoot exists?
1: You know they do. Okay. I promise you, the FBI has known about this longer than Bigfoot people have ever known about it. They know about more about it than you'll ever know. Why? Because they got something on besides a, a Bigfoot hat.
0: Do they have a Bigfoot?
1: It wouldn't surprise me in the least.
0: All right. So how, how does one defend themselves from uh, abduction? Can can you give someone tips like myself? Like how would I sure, sure, stop sure. all this from happening?
1: And I, I, I'll give you, give you the illustration I give to children first because you can modify it for an adult. <clears throat> one lady was, uh, I was on a TV program one night and uh, she was saying, "Well, my, uh, uh, I think the aliens are here to help us and save us and pick the on the and upgrade my DNA and all that." I said, "Well, okay, I, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. I, you know, I don't care. That's it, it. Doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what is true, what's correct, what's provable, what's what the evidence of it shows." And I said, "I'm not of the opinion that that's what's happening here in your home." She said, "Why is that?" That's the way you got one daughter that's absolutely scared to death of the subject, terrified. You got another one that's sleeping with a three foot baseball bat under her pillow. Why do you suppose that is? Their view of the alien isn't the same view you have. You you yeah. bought into the narrative that the aliens are going to save you, fix the ills on the hole, or do some wonderful thing their experiences are a little bit different than yours. One of your daughters is sleeping with a baseball bat, trying to protect herself. And you're trying to convince her, no, you need to let them just go ahead and do whatever they want to do. Oh, wow. I said, that's, that's insane. In my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: I said That's like telling me a child molester, you know, it just the child molester really means, well, he just doesn't, isn't doing it right. Just go along with it. No, I don't think so. I don't think that works at all. So, uh, the girl asked me, so What can I do to help myself?" And I said, "Well, I'll give you a hint. Your 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 weapons you will not need them. <laughs> your baseball bat's not going to help you in most cases. Uh, if one out of a thousand people who is actually coherent during their event, most of us are not. One one out of a thousand that are coherent are going to. Re- you even will know the baseball bat is there, and you won't pick it up." You have no presence of mind to do anything because you you don't know how to break their conscious grasp on your consciousness. I said so. Many abductees sense when they're coming, <gasps> or like Bigfoot. I said I can I can sense he's here. I know he's here. Okay. My point is you get somehow or another you're tuned in. You get to method. Little kids pick this stuff up easy. They like, oh, 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 "Mommy, I'm scared. I don't know what to do." You know. Well, you t- it's just a bad dream. You'll be all right. No, they won't be all right. They know something's going on. And you're, you're the dense one that can't get it. You're trying to make them go back to sleep so they can get abducted, because you're going to be dead asleep too, and you're not going to know a thing. So, uh. One lady, a Pentecostal lady, a wonderful lady, came to a conference I was speaking at in Columbus, Texas, and she tells tell she's Pentecostal, she had this beautiful long dress on, absolutely beautiful, and she had two of the most beautiful little girls in her, are holding on to, to about two, three years old, and she was standing there looking at me after my presentation, and she was in tears, just tears streaming down her face. And I looked at her. I knew exactly what the problem was. I looked at her children, looked at her and I said both of them, and she said, yes. I said, I can help you with that. I'll help you. And what's the easiest thing to tell a parent is the following. Teach your child a nonsensical song. When I grew up, the nonsensical song everybody knew, M-I-C, K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse. Because everybody watched the Mickey Mouse Club. It's on TV. All kids watched it after they got it from school. Row, row, row your boat. It doesn't make any difference what the song is. Something nonsensical that you can say over and over and over and over until you drive the alien nuts. I told you the guy that's coming to get you in most cases has an IQ of 80. How is it, how difficult is it to confuse somebody with an IQ of 80? Just start, when you feel the sense that they're coming, just start row, row, row your boat, gently down the stream, merrily, over and over and over. And after a while you find, well, what didn't come get me? Because they can't access you. You're not in a sleep state where they can just walk in and take whatever they want. They can co-opt your consciousness. What if they can't do that? Now, can you expand that to do other bigger and better things? Of course you can. Yes, you can. Sure you can. But if I can figure that out at age four, you ought to be able to figure something better than that out at age 40. I've given you all the hints you need.
0: Right. So in in the end, Daryl, what what? Because they 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 got you, they got your son, they've gotten millions of people on this planet. What what for? What's their goal?
1: Oh, is it the soul?
0: Is it for the soul?
1: Four thousand dollar question. They're never going to answer that question. You, if you anybody sits here and tells you that they know exactly why the aliens here, what the program is, and all that, they don't have a clue. They don't. The aliens, if they're not gonna tell their own people what's going on, what makes you think they're gonna tell you? Half the aliens don't have a clue. They know what they're told, they know what the program is, but they don't know why. They don't know why they have to do what they have to do. They only know they're supposed to get it done and that's their job. And the idea that, well, the, the, the reptiles are really bad, but the greys are kind of nice, and the uh, Nordics are really wonderful people, and so on. I mean, they, they, you hear this stuff all the time. These are from people who are not informed, who only know pieces of stories, mostly pieces of screen memories that are not true stories to begin with. The screen memories are falsities. They're, all, they're, they're false narratives. That's the point. They're cover stories. Well, they would never do that to us. You mean like the CIA would never tell you a cover story? Like it was a, it was really a, it was it, it was, just a, it was just a, just a, a weather balloon. That's all it was. They would never tell you that. The KGB would never lie to you. The Mossad would never lie to you. That's what they do. You pay them to, to lie to you. Are they doing a good job? In my opinion, they've done a brilliant job. They've actually got you believing disclosure is right around the corner.
0: Right, I was gonna ask you that. It ain't gonna happen.
1: I sit there with Nick Pope at a a conference, he said, they asked him the question, well, Nick, uh, you think that disclosure, he said, yes, it's imminent, it's happening, it's gonna happen soon. It is really great, all these wonderful things. And I looked at him and said, Nick, I told you not to do that. I said, you can sit there and claim all these different things and all, make all these claims, but I actually was ex-intelligentsia. And I'm telling you, you either know what you're talking about and are lying, or you don't know. And I don't think you're lying. I think you just don't know. I said, the bottom line is the following." I said... Nick, I said, we have been waiting for 70 years for you to bring a congressional group. Well, wait a man to know. We'll put you in prison if you don't tell us. We have already got the cover story and have had it for 70 years. The first cover story was it was a weather balloon. Then we had two other cover stories after that. It didn't happen three different ways. But we gave you three cover stories anyway. Why? And they,
0: and they ate it some up.
1: Some <laughs> people need a different cover story. That's all. Yeah, they that's ate all it all up. It is. I said, you paid us to lie to you. Do you think it's working? That's what we were hired to do. That's what they did. Now, if that's a, if that being the case and uh, in the, the, in the, the intelligence community doing what they do, Uh, and making this stuff up, how close is closure? I said, I "I promise you, they've got half a dozen better cover stories than you could ever believe. When they finish with you in the next, quote-unquote, congressional investigation, you're going to love it. You're going to believe everything they tell you. It's going to be fantastic, amazing, and very, very NASA and space oriented. You're going to love it. Is it true? Of course it isn't. But it's going to be it's going to be believable because you're ready for it. That's the whole point. You're ready for it. You're ready for a new cover story. And you're going to get one.
0: What do you think it's going to be?
1: It doesn't matter. They've got several.
0: Yeah,
1: you need. If you're a UFO guy, you. We need to know they're from interdimensional. Okay, we can provide you with that.
0: Oh, so they'll, they'll use yeah, the CERN angle?
1: spacecraft from another dimension. They're not harming anybody. They're not doing anything, but they are out there, and they're really amazing. How's that? Now you can't do anything about it. You don't know anything more than you did, and now you got a great cover story. They admitted the whole story.
0: You think they'll use the CERN angle? The what? CERN. The the, the... Uh,
1: it, it, again it, it's a it's a good it's a good approach because because it it ties the mythical the I mean the, what's the goddess they got outside the god they got outside CERN?
0: uh vi- Vish is it Vishnu Shiva 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 yeah the destroyer,
1: destroyer. yep uh, Duh, I don't know what that means well okay hm. Figure it out after it happens in so uh so they that's a good one you know that we're hoping to get connection between dimensions through cern that may take 10 or 15 years but that's the whole point they put you off for another 10 or 15 years
0: and won't know shit
1: you think (laughs) they will be by then yeah they'll have a really good story for you
0: wow all right, Daryl. So tell me what's, what's next for you? What, what are you working on now? Uh, what, what's, what's going to happen in the future, man, with, with Daryl well, Sim. We're,
1: we're working on getting some funding for our research. Uh, like I said, all this work that I've done, I kept my family financially broke for the last uh, 50 years doing this stuff and I've uh, decided not to do that anymore. I, that's cruel and unusual punishment for them. But uh, for the bottom line is that, uh, I want to, uh, I've got a, a, a number of projects that are, in my opinion, uh, uh, the best way to describe them are, they're phenomenal. And if they the stories and the evidence bears out like it should, uh, we'll make history. That's all I can tell you. Okay. okay. If I told, put the information out who, where, what, and when, There'll be 50 investigators there before I get there.
0: And they'll muck it all
1: up. They will. They'll all be there with a UFO hat or some other hat. Uh, Or worse than that, the intelligence boys will show up with the intelligence hat. And before it's all over, there won't be anything left. There will be a weather balloon sitting there when they finish.
0: Right. All right, Daryl, thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate it. You're a legend. You're fantastic and amazing. and, oh, I was going to ask you real quick, what happened to your show? How come there was so few episodes? Well,
1: they, uh, it was re- really interesting. It, uh, it, it, it was finally uh, uh, canceled. Uh, I, I'm not sure for what reason. We had ratings that were, we beat, We were beating Bigfoot, the, the show Bigfoot. Yeah. We're, we're beating it to death every night.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying right. that the show, show was going in some really great directions. We were all very happy with it, but, uh, I, I don't know. Yes, that's, you'd have to ask them.
0: They did but, that. T- uh, I'm to working you right on now. something
1: new and, yeah. uh, we'll see how that works out.
0: Yeah. They did that to you and they did that also to Burns when he had the UFO Hunter show. Uh, his show was, was, was phenomenal as well. And they just, hmm, they they just cut him off. But, uh, but, um, send me, uh, whatever links you want me to put, you know, in the YouTube, uh,
1: Sure, the bottom line, if uh, if people want to contact me or ask any questions, uh, just email me or go to a, thealienhunter.com. And when you get there, just the alien hunter, thealienhunter.com and click on the, my contact down there. And you can ask any questions you want to know, and I'll answer them for you as best I can. If I don't answer it, then I didn't get it. So don't get mm-hmm. mad at me. Just redo the email right. if I get it, I'll answer the questions. Yeah. I answer all emails that come to me. Right. Someday. That's all there is to it. I will. And uh, there's a lot of fun stuff on there. Ton of stuff you can look at, videos you can play with, and all kinds of fun stuff. So, uh, uh, if you just look it over and see if you like it, if you do well, tell it- everybody. If you don't tell me
0: oh i'm I'm gonna tell everybody if you if you have time in the future i'd I'd love to have you back on um and again thank you for your time
1: sure, you're a good man, whatever the pain is not enough I'll have to pay <laughs> management about this
0: yes sir thank you so much Daryl. I appreciate I'm you sure all right you have a great night
1: good night.